I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Kia ora and welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod once again. We've got the World Cup quarterfinals coming up. We've got the All Blacks kickstarting their campaign for the end of year tour against Japan this week. Of course, the NPC final went to Wellington. What a game that was. And we'll be talking a little bit about player development with the Super Rugby Camps named tomorrow. The announcement of those teams, of course, includes all of the big names we know that are already signed. So we'll be looking at the young guys, the up-and-coming guys, the people who've come through the New Zealand system or the foreign systems to make their way into these teams. So plenty to look forward to in this show. James Parsons, thanks so much for joining us. Brent Hall, as ever, coming out of Japan on the road, training hard, doing his thing. So, let's talk a little bit about the quarterfinals in the Women's Rugby World Cup. New Zealand through to face Wales. France possibly in front of them in the semis and then England. It was a very peculiar setup for the way that you decide your quarterfinalists. But in the end, it's kind of worked out the way it should. Yeah, I think it's definitely the top eight sides. Probably the only one that is... You know, not a given is Canada versus USA, um, but the others I, I feel the, the French, um, Black Ferns, and England will will win those, um, and probably convincingly. So, Bryn, obviously watching New Zealand beat Scotland fifty-seven nil on the weekend, did you see a continued development? And do you think there were any players in that team who pushed towards getting a spot in this quarterfinal lineup? Mm. Oh, th- look, I thought that first half well, was was unbelievable. I think the way that they wanted to play, we know that they want to play an attractive brand of rugby, and that first half was was pretty much picture perfect. You know, whether, whether they wanted to um, get their breakdown and their cleanouts, I thought they were very efficient. I thought their skill set as well to be able mm. to get it to the edge was really was really good. And so, you know, it's pretty clear, it's pretty clear for us that this is the way they're going to play. They're going to be able to exit. I don't think they're going to kick a lot. Um, you know, but I thought Renee Holmes and even uh, Hazel Tubik as well, I think they've really put themselves in a position. I still believe that we need to have the ability to be able to kick. Mm. And if you're, if you're going to select Tui, Woodman and um, uh, Letienga, then I think having that 23-year-old uh, Tubik or Renee Holmes who can have that, those kicking attributes is going to be really important if they don't find being able to get the pay against the French and even the English moving forward. So, um, and then I can obviously jump, you can talk around the loose forward trio, but man, it's going to be tough to choose them because I thought those girls on the weekend, Bremner, um, Makali Tu'u and even Hidani, um, they was outstanding around the breakdown and even uh, ball carry as well. So um, Wayne Smith said he was going to give everybody opportunities. And I'll tell you what, every single woman in that team has put their hand up to be able to play in a quarterfinal stage against um, Wales um, this coming weekend. I, I think it's no brainer. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, um, today, it's, it's, I think that's the loose forward trio. 
Um, man, they work mm. well together. Um, and I think eight really suits Michele too. Uh, it's really hard on McMenamin because yeah. she's been huge as well. But I think her, she potentially comes off the bench um, just while, you know, and hitting these support lines. I know she's a seven specialist, but some of her work off the ball to get herself in position to make a difference is, is huge. So she's really, um, I suppose, you know, given Wayne Smith no option the way she's performed. Um, and, and another player I think has to, has to start is Fitzpatrick in the 12. I think she's been awesome, man. Her, her distribution, her, her ability to um, you know, get that ball um, outside the line of defence is, is massive. Um, so I think she's earned the right to, to start in 12. I, I'm a little bit with you, Bryn, around can you do Litienga, uh, Tui and Woodman? Uh, I'm just not sure. I think... I think I thought Hazel Chubik's involvements were massive. Like she, I know she's playing at first receiver, but I think she could play that 15 role, um, especially with her kicking threat. Um, so I don't know if it's all said and done that those three will. I was convinced that that's what it would be last week, but I just think there were too many nice touches um, um, from Chubik in, in the weekend that I think maybe needs to be on there from the start. Particularly her attacking kicks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I just her ability to kick. Um, because you, you know, as yeah. they move through this, I'm not saying it's it's all said and done, but we're pretty confident they'll get through this quarter final. They're going to need um, bailout opportuni- opportunities or bailout options because it's it's going to be unrelenting against the French, and if we're fortunate enough, England. So here's the big question. Because gone. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, just to finish that, because I think, look, if you if you're previewing the, the uh, New Zealand, if you play at the Black Ferns, and you're England or France. You know that they're going to pick and go through the middle from their exit zone. That's what they've made massive gains around playing uh, the likes of Wales and Scotland. They've gone through the middle and then they've been able to attack from that. But, you know, they're very competitive when it comes to that breakdown. And I think if we're 10, 15 metres out from our goal line and we're going five or six phases, we just need to have that ability to kick in. So that's not to say that Woodman, the Tianga and um, Tubic, uh, sorry, um, Tui can't do that. But I think Hazel Tubic, man, her kicking game when it comes to attacking and even in um, Super Rugby, Alpuki, and even the Bunnings NPC, she has a great kicking game of length, which I think we're going to be able to need because I think, you know, we've talked around exiting. Um, it doesn't seem like they want to do it. And, you know, they've, they've had positivity around getting good gains around that, but I think it's going to change. And they need to have that kicking um, option in these later stages of the tournament. But just on that back three as well, Liti Inga, I really liked her selflessness. That, that try she gave to Renee Holmes, like, uh, we haven't seen that. Um, as much in the first few games, but man, that was literally just the safer option, um, and and you know she could have powered through and scored there. I just think that's going to be a valuable trait to have out there on the field as well, um, her ability to know you know the the risk adverse rather than you know chance in the arm. What about goal kicking? You know it hasn't been great, and but you're able to get away with it when you're playing against teams who are so inferior mm. to you. Once they get in against mm. France and England, that's something that's going to need to be cleaned up, Brent. Well, I think Kendra Coxedge is, is a great option of goal kicking. You know, look, she's done it for Bunnings NPC. She's done it for um, a long time in the Black Ferns and times well. So I think, you know, ideally you'd love to have, you know, DeMond who could obviously goal kicking. But I think having Kendra Coxedge, because I was thinking about this as well, Ross, around, you know, if it comes to those later stages in the comp, you need a really good goal kicker. Um, and if you're not going to pick Renee Holmes, who um, is in the back in the backfield, then you need a and a custom goal kick, and I think, you know, Kendra Coxage can fit that part, and it takes away um, the pressure, you know, of having, if you do go Tui, Woodman, and Letienga, and they're not having Renee Holmes kick. 
They've got a big selection to make this weekend. We know that they're probably going to beat Wales. So. <laughs> um, but do they pick their top team against Wales yes. and give them a run? Yes. They do? Yep. You've got to start yes. the momentum now. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, yes. That's it. So this weekend we find out who it is. In my opinion, yeah, it's it's too risky to try and um, you know you, they they need a confidence boost the 23 to go into the big semi final, um, so yeah, it's a no brainer, and, and I'd say Wayne Smith's thinking the same. Mm-hmm. Eighty odd minutes to get that combination together before France. I know they've played together in parts, and I'm sure there's a lot of tactic in the way that they've approached it in the pool play to allow some cohesion to happen. But Bryn, 80 minutes is a 23. Is that enough? Well, I think ideally you'd love more time, but I think the good thing as well in a World Cup campaign is that you've actually been able to train. You've been able to have those high-intensity scenarios against each other in trainings, and so, look, it is good. It is tough when you don't play, but I think, Jip, you're right. The, 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 the time now is to start your... If we're going to go on a run to play England, let's say hypothetically we play England, then you need to get at least one one, te- one good test match against Wales that we've, uh, that we've beaten convincingly, get the confidence there, work on the things that we want to work on, and then going into France for that semi-final who you'd think would go through, um, that's when you're going to have the real test. So you need at least that 23 to have an opportunity to play together for 80 minutes to then play France the following week. It's such an interesting selection week in New Zealand rugby because we've also got this All Blacks versus Japan game um, up in Japan. What they do with this team, considering who's out... Fanganuku's out. The Barretts are arriving late. Whitelock and Jordan have got inner ear issues. Fakatava's got an ACL problem. Like there's all of these things that are happening within the squad. Um, Mua, Weber, McKenzie, Tupelotu called in. Where do you go with this, Jipper? What kind of team do you select against Japan in a year where they've been very consistent with selecting basically their top team from the start? I'd love to see Asafa Amor get a go. He's he's in some red hot form, but he probably he probably won't because he's only covering the niggle. But um, look, I, I think let's start with the backs. I think you know Christie will get a start. Um, Moanga will obviously be at ten. Um, I, I think Perifeta will be at fifteen. Rogers definitely going to be at twelve. Um, and who else? Probably Sever Reese and Caleb Clark will. We'll, we'll hang on to the wing spots. And, yeah, Anton Leonard-Brown potentially. Um, and then maybe they'll carry a midfield on the 23 and that, that give them the ability to put Roger to the wing after his time at 12. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Do you have the inside word? No, 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 no. But I just think this is the game to, you know, answer some questions. And, you know, I think it's... Similar to Rogers, Stephen Petafetta needs a, a crack as well. Like he was awesome when he went back to MPC, um, and guys like Christie. I know that's very Blues dominated, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking at it from a Blues lens. It's literally what's next on offer. And and in the forwards, I think there's opportunity as well. You know, Papali'i um, will get a crack maybe. Um, you know, a kid. I've actually got to stop because I'm pretty much naming the Blues pack. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I think. They're a little bit more clear-cut in the pack. They know um, a lot more about the group. I think there's, there's, there's more interest in the, in the, in the backs for this, this fixture. Mm-hmm. And, and Japan are sitting and waiting. Like, um, I heard uh, Joey Wheeler say that this is their, Almost their World Cup, you know, and they are, they are sitting there waiting, ready to go. So it won't be um, you know, a lie of a set. The pack will need to still um, set the platform. Mm. What are you hearing about the Japanese team there, Bryn? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, they're really excited. I think they've been in camp. Our boys that have been um, with their Japanese, um, the team have been gone for, you know, six, seven weeks in a camp, and they've had, you know, three games against Australia A, which is a great um, builder going into their Northern Hemisphere Tour and the All Blacks. But, no, they're very, very excited. Um, they've worked bloody hard from all accounts from our Japanese boys. They've been working hard three days and really getting ready for the physical encounter that, that's going to come with the All Blacks. So um, there's a lot of buzz around um, the Japanese boys, and, any time, look, any time they get to play the All Blacks, they see that as the pinnacle and an opportunity to play um, the, a New Zealand team that they they love. They have a lot of respect for. So um, it's going to be a great occasion for them. I think it's almost sold out in, in Tokyo. So I'm looking forward to actually watching from, from the stands and it uh, should be a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. You're going to be there with a few of the teammates? Yeah, going to probably uh, get to Rapongi apparently. So no, I'll take that back. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get to you know, watch from afar. There's a lot of foreigners there over here in New Zealand, so it'd be good to connect with them and, and hopefully an All Blacks victory against a uh, spirited uh, Brave Blossoms of Japan. If anyone hasn't been to Rapongi or to Tokyo, understand that that's the kind of place that ends at five or six in the morning, mm. and it never ends <laughs> well at five or six in the morning, does it? <laughs> No, it won't be going there, that's for sure. We'll not be going there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you'll be jumping into four training sessions the next day. So you just don't want to do that, do you? Well, mate, I'll tell you, we're in camp in Nubiyoka at the moment, and uh, we're, we're having four-day trainings. So um, I'm just heading there off now, so um, it's probably a time for me to uh, do this podcast. But uh, that's all right. No, look, what's the training and what that comes to the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We'll let you go in just a moment. Um, I just want to hear about your thoughts on RTS and ALB as the midfield combo. Well, I think it's a good opportunity. It's a great opportunity for Rog. I think we've talked around a lot around giving him a meaningful minutes and opportunities to play the number 12. And I think, you know, so he's got their hybrid role. That you, I think that's what they're thinking forward for 2023 and that 23 role of being able to cover winger. Uh, but I think, you know, we wanted to see it the whole year, give him an opportunity. And I think it's even great to have a guy like Antoinette Brown, who's a very seasoned, experienced campaign in that midfield, to be able to partner him with him and being able to give him that experience with someone next to him. And so... Um, it's coming at a great time, and I think, you know, I hope we do get to see Roger 12 because we've been desperate to see him play so many full minutes, and I think it's a good opportunity now against uh, Japan. Do you think they might go Rico, though, at 13, um, just to give Roger that, that sort of relationship that he's built, make it make it a little bit easier, and then maybe Anton sits in that 23 jersey, comes into the midfield at 12, and, and Roger could go to the wing? You're just trying to fit another Blues player into this team. <laughs> And yeah, and Hoskins no, probably at eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, I can see where you're coming from because familiarity is, is great, and they've worked a lot um, at that Blues um, level in Super Rugby. But I think you know, having a guy like Anton who's so experienced, and I think we actually probably do need to see a little bit more from him uh, moving forward. Um, I think it's a it's a, it's a win-win. You have Rico, who you've played your Bunnings, sorry, your Super Rugby with, but you've got a guy that's probably the most senior leadership midfielder in that group coming back. And here we have some great, um, some great experience and knowledge for Rog um, in that Japan game. Awesome, Ben. We'll let you go. You go jump on that bus. You don't want to miss a bus and end up with a, uh, a James Parsons situation. No, you uh, don't. No, you, you, get, you really don't. Get your, you get your contract. You're late over here, lads. So uh, thank you very much for letting right. uh, me go. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Catch you soon. And through the wonders of modern technology, Bryn will be rejoining us on the podcast in about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we pre-recorded the next part that comes after this. Um, so, yeah, Bryn will be back. He'll be back. But before we get to talking about the Super Rugby Squad announcements, the NPC final was an absolute rip-snorter. Wellington winning it over Canterbury, 
And there was a feeling of inevitability about it in the end, wasn't there? It was, yeah. They they almost dominated the balance of the game, you know, from minute one to the end. And I, I, there was a moment where um, they, they kicked to the corner from a penalty, and, and just the focus on Karifi's face, man, like he was shorts, jersey tucked in, and he was just he was just staring at um, the Canterbury pack. And I was just like, man, they are on. Mm. They are, they are they are on like anything and 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 you know it was about a month ago and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back but I said they're on a run you know when they played Mm -hmm. counties and and it was Karifi's after match speech and he was just he was like oh no we're back at the start line now what's happened's happened we're you know we're giving ourselves a chance to go all the way and they did just that Um, you know big performers um, but I think there's an unsung hero for Wellington you know we've talked about um, Perinara you know Savia Duplessis, Karifi, Lakai, Higgins but Jackson Garden Bishop mm. was massive. You know, he was in for a fight for that starting position with Aidan Morgan. Aidan Morgan was superb um, through through the round robin, but his maturity and his ability to put them in the right area of the field, his ability to kick penalties was mm. massive. You know, I wasn't quite sure of that tactic. I always feel you've got to go down, um, you know, to to Canterbury and, and go to the corner and you know go through sevens and, and get a get a decent lead, but. They had a clear plan, um, he nudged them. There were a couple of misses, I think Aidan Morgan missed one or two in the second half, but they, they just seemed in control. And then when Fergus Burke missed the conversion, you, you just knew that eight point buffer um, was, was gonna give them the confidence to get home. Yeah, uh, Dynasty, you look at the mix of youth and experience, could we get a few titles in a row going Wellington's way? If, if guys like Perinara and, and Julian Sevilla hang around, yes, I, I think that you can but they are key cogs to the successful um, season. And even having the ability to have, I don't think Aumua will be playing too much in Pasi. Um, you know, a guy like, he, that was a game changer, that try, and, and not many players can score that um, as explosively and dominated in a sense. So it, it is hard, but also another guy uh, uh, that provided a lot of stability and, and performed probably his best game of the season was Don Bird. So that experience is key to key. The, the youth, you know, we're probably going to talk about it soon around the Super Rugby squads, is, is you know, um, unbelievable in the Wellington region. But you just need those steady heads, especially at MPC level, um, to make sure that the weeks look right and the preparation is sharp to, to allow you to perform. They're not afraid to give those guys a crack either. Teenagers in Wellington, they'll give them a crack. Yeah, well, I just think the players have knocked the door down. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you just couldn't not. And um, they probably weren't... You know, if you use Lakai for an example, they probably weren't thinking he was going to play as many minutes as he did, but you just couldn't drop him. Mm. Like, you couldn't say, oh, mate, we're going to give you a rest this week. You know, you've done well, you've made a good fist of it. Like, he became so important to laying the platform for them, you know, ball in hand, but also defensively he was huge. Mm. He's just so unstoppable close to the line. Yeah. all the muscle. Same with Higgins. Like, Higgins mm. is a big body as well. And... It's just all the effort areas. I know I always say it, but I just love seeing young guys just prepared to go to the well um, on things that aren't going to be on highlight reels. You know, kick chases. Higgins is, you know, flying through. Um, You know, I think he scored a try the week before in the semi. Um, It's just, yeah, there's just a lot to like about these young young men. And I, I, look, I think Duplessis Karifi is playing some of his best footy and, and, you know, it just shows you the talent in loose forwards that he's not in that All Blacks 15 and... He's a hell of a leader, man. He, you can just see they just they'll, they'll keep turning up for him, and um, you know he keeps turning up and delivering a, um, a picture of success, which is um, you know the key to leadership. But he's he's got something about him, and, and 
potentially, you know, there's, there's an opportunity to see him leading it at the Hurricanes level as well. Mm. Interesting that you, you talk about those young guys and the point they have to prove, because when you look at the number of them who weren't in the All Blacks 15, then you look at that Canterbury side that was stacked full of players in the All Blacks 15 with very little experience, you got the feeling that maybe there's a few Wellingtonians who are a touch angry. Oh, I think that was massive. I'd say that was part of their prep. Like, there, there's, you know, if you look at um, Xavier Numier, I think he was the Wellington Player of the Year. Um, he's been huge in, in the front row. Um, you know, even you know, a guy like Asafa Moore's probably got a chip on his shoulder. I know it wasn't All Blacks 15, but, you know, he wants to be in the All Blacks. Um, you know, it, James Blackwell, um, you know, young man working hard. Um, and then those Lucys, you know, they speak for themselves. But um, I think it was a massive, like, you can't create that chip on your shoulder motivation. Like, that. that is, it's in you. Unless um, you're Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. But even <laughs> then, I don't know if it's as, as authentic. I think he was just a super freak and better than everyone. But it's, it just gives you an extra arm and a leg um, when, when you've got a real chip on your shoulder and, and a point to prove, and they certainly did that. Well, it was quite stunning. Ever since they lost to Northland, it was just all go. Yeah, and you just think about, like, they, even when they lost to Northland, they had, the, the biggest concern wasn't that they didn't have opportunities, it was their lack of, you know, making the opportunities count. Um, you know, very wet day that day against Northland, but from there, it's almost like they just... I don't know, they're a new side and their skill set and their ability to um, you know, make the teams pay, um, they just were unrelenting. And also defensively, they were first in terms of tackle percentage. Um, I think they were second only to harbour from turning over balls and, and, and scoring tries at the breakdown or um, through you know, forcing errors. So um, they had it both sides of the ball. And I say it all the time, defence wins championships, and uh, that was a big factor. They were superb. They really were. Mm. The complete, uh, they, they almost were like the complete team, like not getting carried away, but the balance of youth and experience and, um, you know, I suppose high-pressure moments experience. They had some really key guys that have run one World Cups, and then that, that youth, like there's no nothing holding them back. The shackles are off. They, they've got no baggage, so they just play with freedom. And they just, yeah, it just seemed like a, a very well-balanced side and, and deserved victors. Okay, so the Super Rugby squad announcements are tomorrow. Um, what happens these days with the central contracting system is obviously we know where the stars are already aligned. So the announcements to these squads is really about player development, us finding out about the new superstars of rugby, the people who come through NPC, the schoolboy system, and figuring out what teams they're at and what they might do within those teams and, and when they're going to really hit their straps. So in order to do that, we've invited a nice guest on today called Matt Sexton. Now, you might remember Matt, Canterbury Crusaders hooker. A hooker? With yeah. another hooker on? Two, mate, two. Two hookers. It's <laughs> never <laughs> enough. You can't play the game of rugby without a hooker. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of my memories yeah. is that you might have been involved in probably one of the first one-two punches as far as hookers are concerned. From my memory, you and Mark Hammett were the one-two punch. I can't remember it before you. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we seem to uh, time our run nicely with injuries and form. So um, early in the days, Hammer sort of took over in the end. He, he hit some great... Uh, some great form later in his career, and I end up getting parked on the bench with some splinters. But yeah, that no, was uh, <laughs> nice having, having someone else, uh, having someone else there to keep you honest. Now these days, you are New Zealand Rugby's high performance and talent identification man. Is that right? 
Yeah, in that development space. So been there for about eight years now. Really uh, exciting role to be involved with and, you know, get across all that young talent that we're about to discuss shortly. So uh, yeah, there's a, you know, a great group of people coming through and, um, yeah, be good to talk a little bit about that shortly. How do you go about doing what you do? How do you identify the talent? What, what are the, what's the basic process? Well, we've got, we've got a network, a, a pretty extensive network covering all of New Zealand, including all our Heartland uh, unions as well. Uh, it's run by a guy called PJ Williams, and essentially each, each provincial union has spotters, uh, which feeds into a sort of national grid. Um, we're, we're, we've got a video portal plus a lot of stats and things that we use to help make informed decisions about these players. So, yeah, we've sort of um, got a pretty good network now, and... and um, yeah, we hopefully no one gets uh, no one gets missed. At what age do you start looking at these guys and girls? Look, it's pretty t- it's pretty tough. Like we're a late developing sport, and um, but but you know generally about sixteen, you can start to, to look to make um, you know decisions about whether where they're, they're going to be. But um, yeah, we need to look at the long long game for this and and see players at that sort of. 16, 17, we've got national and regional tournaments that help us identify players. And, and you know, we've got a bit of a theory around wider earlier. So make sure we've got a big catchment um, at that 16s and 18s level and then start to sharpen the sword a little bit around some of the, the players as they get a bit older and we can see some of those traits coming through. For a long time, the New Zealand under 20 system was very, very dominant. You know, you look at the, the likes of Tawa Kubala and those kind of years would be winning by 50, 60 points, but no different from the women's game. Uh, the English team has obviously gone professional and you, you can see how great they've been. Probably at our level, we haven't consistently won there. I know COVID's been a little bit a little bit tough around that, but um, is there any processes around what that under 20s might look like to be able to strengthen us and get us back to where... I guess we were when we first started. Yeah, there's, there's um, obviously, you know, had a bit of a golden era, especially when, you know, I remember you guys were playing um, your age group. And, and then as, you, as you've identified, like teams became a bit more competitive um, with professional mm. programs, support structures and behind them all. So the, the playing field got even. I don't think we'll ever get back to to being, um, you know, that, that group that, you know, Hands down, you can go into a tournament and know that you're you're going to be the the favourite each time. Like there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of you know England and as you, South Africa. There's a lot of competition at that age group now. So um, we've got some exciting programs coming up. We had some good signs this year with our under twenty group, which we assembled for the first time in international competition and and won the Oceania tournament. So there's some good signs there, and I know we've got a really good cohort of players coming through for the next next few years looking at schools and, and the 19s we we assembled this year for the first time since 2007 I think it was so yeah we've got a really good cohort coming through so yeah the signs are good for the future. It's quite a competitive space isn't it you know you think of guys like Atena Nana Saturo you know who had the Warriors giving him a bit of cash to help his family out while he was still at high school and signing up in that way how easy is it for you guys to I suppose stay competitive when you have outside influences like that if you want to keep the talent? Oh, it's tough. Um, there's a lot of competition for for great athletes. We're we're pretty blessed in New Zealand. We've got a, a nice mix, and we've got a, a, a you know we've we've got a good pool of players that we can you know we can identify at that school age. And I guess after that, people start to make decisions about where they're gonna 
you know, where they're going to go and when they're going to be. But um, again, the, the footage piece and, and um, you know, it gets shared around and, and uh, there's a lot of pressure. But the black jersey, I think, in the end and, and playing for their Super Rugby clubs and their provincial union, got really robust competitions and, and exciting competitions for players to play in. So often um, staying at home is a, um, hopefully a, a good draw card for them and, and pursuit of playing for the, you know, playing for the All Blacks one day. Well, should we have a quick look at these Super Rugby squads that are coming out tomorrow? Um, and people who could be within it, people we know who are in it, um, and could be big for the future. Should we start north and head south? Why not? Does that work? Why not? Okay, what about the Blues? Let's have a look. What players from the Blues are you most... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Most interested in Jibba. I suppose in this squad, the big one for me is probably Rob Rush. I think he's had a massive year with uh, Northland and he's sort of grown into his size, he's, he's, he's always had a big big engine, obviously um, son of Eric, his fitness won't, won't be questioned but he's, he's got a big motor that can go all day but he had that physicality for the first time you know, at NPC level so I'm excited for the development he can get with the loose forward trios that are at the Blues and when he gets those opportunities, um, you know, we, we talk about it all the time on this podcast that, that that collision area is so crucial and um, you know your side winning and he he has just bought it in spades and and big part of why Northland um, season was so successful. Mm. Matt when you approach a guy like Rob Rush as they come through the grades they've got a famous father they've obviously got the genetics uh, how do you go about taking a guy from a schoolboy to being a place where he is now 21 years old a few years of provincial footy under his belt and getting him into super rugby? Yeah, look, I think he's he's been a bit of a slower burn um, with things, and has, has made his way through club rugby and and uh, and his in his provincial union, which is great to see that pathway uh, pathway still still um, you know nice and healthy, and, and people can make their way through that. I, I agree with Jip. You know, just for him, you know, early doors, he had a massive engine. Would would you know, on the beat test would blow things away, but he's certainly developed over the last couple of years, and um, with his physicality and his, you know, he's using that that engine to you know lots of double actions and making sure he's got huge work rate and lots of actions during a game. So, you know, he's a great pickup for the Blues, and it's going to add real value up there. I think it shows as well. He's got a um, he's got a bit of ticker about him in the sense that he came into the Blues young. Um, you know, spent a bit of time you know when I was still there. And obviously fell out of favour, but he's he's hung in the fight to come back, and now now I think he's in a better position to make every post a winner at that next level. Another person we've got on this list is a potential Blues player tomorrow, Caleb Tangital. 
Um, what can you tell us about him? Sevens rep, obviously, Matt. Um, hugely um, powerful as a winger in sevens. What about in 15s? Yeah, we'll probably being used on the edge again. Um, he's actually eligible for under-20s next year, which is exciting for us. Um, so he's had a great year of development under Clark's wing in the sevens and uh, those professional habits, and he'll come in and add real value um, if available. So, yeah, we're ex really excited about um, his future um, out of Westlake boys and, and then, um, yeah, straight down into sevens. So he's, um, yeah, he's got a big future, and you just saw... You know, he's got a lot of confidence um, and you can see him way in which he backs himself in in that sevens game and, and taking guys on the outside and, you know, more times than not, he, he ends up making a great break or ends up scoring a try and we'd you know, love to see that sort of attitude coming through in the 15s game. And it's probably similar to Rob Rush a little bit in terms of the personnel on the edges for, for the Blues and, and even the ability to play on the edge and potentially look at that skill set into the 13 as well and, and you know his pace and power will be good attack but we also know defence is what wins championships and, and having that speed to shut down time and space outside someone uh, like Rico or AJ Lamb is um, you know is exciting for the for the team and, and where they can probably get to again you know falling one one hurdle short this year. Well, let's talk about AJ Lamb because he was a real breakout star of the Blues this year wasn't he? You know there is so much competition out wide and now he's in the All Blacks 15 this year could be the year he consolidates that. Well, it does. And I think, you know, for me, for me to be honest, I would know AJ, like he was actually in our ball boy when I was at school because Ben Lamb went to St. Peter's and, um, you know, didn't go through the traditional route of making New Zealand schools or, um, you know, coming out and being really one of those guys that you go through the under-20s and um, was, was obviously um, coming in early, early doors. But for him, he's just taken every, every chance he's had and made it really, um, really good. Um, I think... His ability to be able with ball on hand, you saw it this year with Auckland as well. He was able to go in and play centre and have that distribution skill, which is great to have. And I think it's going to be really important going into the Blues because um, you know, we've talked around the number 23 role. And if you'd like to think you've got Mark Tilly and Caleb Clark, who are obviously seasoned and obviously um, the starters, anytime you can cover both positions, I think AJ can do that well. And he's proven that at NPC Bunnings, Bunnings NPC this year. So look, um, you've been really impressed with him. Anytime you get to see St. Peter's man going very well. Um, it's awesome. So, look, I've, it's been awesome to see his transition in. Um, you know, like you said, he's played very well for the Blues when given us opportunities through injury with Caleb Clark last year. And then coming in Bunnings NPC and showing that versatility of playing 13 and winger, um, he's definitely one for watching. And was def um, definitely deserved of having that um, All Blacks 15 announcement. Let's move a little bit further south. The Chiefs, first up, hasn't necessarily come through the New Zealand system, but we can't not talk about County's wing, Penyasi Mali Mali. Oh. <laughs> I think like it was so surprising throughout the NPC is he 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 was so busy almost like Mark Teller in a way like he's just always in and around the ball looking to to work off the ball put himself into space but he had this little trick he he used every game as he picked through the middle of the breakdown um, and and I thought with all the um, analysis done these days someone's surely going to um, you know make sure they stop or fill the halfback fills that gap but. Um, he did it every game, and it's like his timing and his ability to read, um, I suppose, defenders' body language and, and make the right call at the right time, I, I thought was most impressive, and especially for someone you know, so young and, and not you know, a high-level experience at that level, and, and no doubt he's an exciting prospect for the Chiefs to have, have on the left flank. 
Chose a great team to break through with too. <laughs> he certainly just, did. Just saying. Well, um, off the back of Cam Rogard. <laughs> we'll get on to Cam Rogard real soon. <laughs> You're fizzing to talk Cam Rogard. Oh, mate, I, can, I could talk him all day. <laughs> um, but, Matt, this brings up an interesting question. You've got a Fijian winger there who's coming into the side, a, a young guy. Um, how do you balance the the opportunities of picking up players from overseas in comparison to picking up players who come through the New Zealand system when you're talking to the Super Rugby teams. How do you make that work together? Well, look, I think it's a, it's a balance in, you know, having, a, a, you know, if you're looking at your team profile, having guys that bring something different. Like, man, that, that, that guy's got some pops. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a real excitement machine. And as mentioned, he's... He's just adept at making game line around the ruck area as he is out on the edge too. So, um, yeah, he's going to bring some some real X factor to to the to the group, and you know he'll he'll add real value to that chief side um, alongside the others players that are inside and outside him. So, yeah. The other two players we've chosen to talk about from the Chiefs aren't necessarily newbies. Uh, Naitoa Akwe has got 31 games. Imoni Narawa has come through the Blues, didn't really get going there, and has been with the Chiefs a couple of years. But it could be a big year next year for a guy like that. Massive. And I think in the sense you've seen what they can do injury-free and when they can string a number of games together like they did this season, they're both you know, big performers and, and they can you know, dominate their position when they're you know, at 100%. Um, and, and if you look with, um, I think, Selby Ricketts signed at the Chiefs, you've got Brody there, you've got Josh Lord... Someone like Arkoi would be looking there going, man, how's you know, Lord maybe slipped in front of me for that all-black level? And he'll be motivated by that competition. And I, and I think you saw that because it was quite hard to pick that Bay of Plenty pack. And, and he, he moved between lock and six throughout the season. And his ability to show he can play at six is, is key, you know, because they do seem to have a high injury rate, the Chiefs, um, especially mm. in that loose forward trio. So I just think he's a key player um, and he, he's almost come of age and he's got a bit of grip between his teeth at the moment. Um, you know that he'll be, you know, desiring to wear a black jersey. You know, not not even, um, you know, All Blacks maybe that All Blacks 15 or an opportunity there. So I'm excited by him. And, and then Amone, he's just got to play. You've got to give him freedom. Um, and the more minutes he plays, the more confident he'll get at that level. Um, but I'm, I'm most interested to see him sort of string some games together to see if he can do it at that level. Mm. Where would you expect to see Narawa, Bryn, within that Chiefs setup? Well, I think. That- I think on the on the wing for me personally, but I think you know I think what I, what you find at Super Rugby level is at Bunnings NPC, you know you probably use Sean Stevenson as as a perfect example. Um, you know you're able to string a lot of performance and, con- and consistency at NPC level, but then when you do get to Super Rugby level, because the talent is so good and the depth is so good, it's once you do get that opportunity, you've got to be able to perform, and then they can give you the consistency from them to be able to go forward because. There's just so much depth within the squads right now, and for for, for Moni, it's unfortunately that you know whatever team that he's been in um, hasn't been able to been able to get this consistency of performance, whether that be through injury or just the depth of players there. But look, for if you look at that Bay of Plenty team and how many you talk around pop um, radar around how much pop he has, his ability to be able to to run the ball, X factor, um, has got all the all the attributes to be able to influence the game. It's just been able to again. At Super Rugby level, with the amount of depth that you do have, when you do get given your opportunity, you've got to take it with both hands. Because defences now are so good, and the line speed pressure and the breakdown work is so is so good, you've got to be able to try and come in and be able to work off the ball. Whether it be roving off nine, you're roving off ten, you, know, you look at Corabetti and his work rate yeah. that he has at international level. If you know Moni can get those kind of traits and being able to work and get second and third touches consistently in a game when there's not necessarily the ball won't be coming to him, 
um, then it sets them up nicely to be able to influence the game um, in different in different ways. Now, Matt, are we allowed to say good things about the Wellington team um, while you're sitting there in the Crusaders' <laughs> office? Uh, are we allowed to do that? Well, look, she's she's a little bit a uh, little bit gloomy here and um, at uh, Canterbury HQ, unfortunately today for them. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, um, yeah, the, obviously uh, it was a great uh, final on the weekend and um, some awesome rugby and guys putting their hands up too, which was 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 tremendous to see. Um, you, yes, you'd be happy um, though. Seeing you know, you've had a lot to do with in terms of pathways with uh, Peter Luckey and, and Riley Higgins. They've they've been massive. Yeah, yeah. Look, both of them, um, you know, earmarked really early on the piece. Uh, Riley Higgins is developing into a you know a, a awesome midfielder. He's a big, strong, strapping young man. Runs really smart lines. Starting to develop his distribution. You saw some some pretty good touches on the weekend and to put his outsides away. Um, Peter Luckey, what a, you know, you know, he's a real Trojan in that, uh, in that, that pack for, for Wellington and playing well above his, his, uh, his age, you know, he's, he's powerful, combative and just didn't look out of place in that uh, NPC. And you, you've got to sort of put it in perspective too. He's, this is his second year out of school and, and, um, you know, he's, you know, he had a wonderful campaign with under-20s this year and just carried that on through NPC. So, you know, he's certainly one for the future and, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he's he's pushing uh, for starting spots in that Hurricanes group if he continues uh, developing as he is. Do you think um, the opportunities that, you know, you and your team provided these sorts of players to have that touch point in Super Rugby this season gave them an extra leg of confidence or just a better understanding to make um, every post a winner in the NPC? Yeah, look, Han was forced a little bit with a lot of the things that were going on. Hurricanes were hit especially badly with COVID and and um, through, you know, these guys have, have had some exposure and, and some training opportunities with the group and stepped up and, and certainly, you know, from those those opportunities and, and they weren't many, but they've, they, they got a bit of a taste and, and a really... Um, you know, really bring it home over the NPC. So, yeah, it's it hasn't been a bad thing, but we need to be quite measured around that uh, entry to to Super and and make sure that it's the right time and, and place for those guys. But the guys that um, that did get those opportunities have, have really stepped up during during NPC. Um, so it's great to see. It has been superb. Cowboy guard. Oh, Talk about him. Go how good. How good. <laughs> and, and with Brad Weber being uh, called up um, to the to the main squad, mm. um, he's he's going to get to see some minutes, and, and I think we'll learn a lot about him at that at that level. Um, you know, still pretty early in his Super Rugby career. Um, he's been dominating for counties for a number of years now, but just hasn't been probably given the minutes and the opportunities with with someone like Pierre um there, and and Jamie Booth as well is is a really um, strong um, contender to, to push for minutes as well. So he's, he's got his work cut out, but he's a fighter and he's a competitor. Um, and I just think if, if we can see more minutes um, for him at, at Hurricanes level, he, his, he, he's got a big future um, here in New Zealand, not, not just at Super Rugby level, but All Black level. And as a Counties player, he's ended up at the Hurricanes. And that probably is a significant achievement for the Chiefs because there's so much good talent, Bryn, coming through the halfback ranks. Yeah in that part of the North Island. It is, mate. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. We've been in a halfback in New Zealand, you know, I could probably test for that for so many years, being how they have the, the level of, um, I guess, depth in, our, in the country. But 
it's great to see guys like Cam, who's obviously come through and has had a really good NPC when he's been rewarded for that. We talked around it when he did get selected, how great it was for a guy from Counties who, you know, Counties didn't play that well in the Bunnings NPC results-wise, but, you know, with his form, was rewarded with a All Blacks 15. And I guess for him, it's been able to then have the opportunity to learn under TJ as well and to keep him honest. You know, he'll be looking his lips at the um, All Black uh, 15 level to see how TJ operates, but then also getting the opportunity with Braid going up that he'll get to actually play in those in those two fixtures that they're going to play. So, um, yeah, we probably even talked about a guy like Noah Hotham again, who as well, down at the Crusaders, who we'll probably touch on, who I think is going to be great. You've got, um, you know, the two Chiefs boys um, under Braid Weber um, that they play for Waikato are playing really well. And um, then you've obviously got the young guys coming through as well. So, now, it's been a great position for probably almost a decade that we had some great depth with Perinara, um, Weber, and even um, Nagy as well. But then you've got these young guys coming through when, when they when they do get their chance, it seems like they're going to take it with both hands. Bryn, you love Noah Hotham, a 19-year-old Tasman halfback. <laughs> Likely to see him in the Crusaders squad tomorrow. <clears throat> what do you like about him? Man, he's a he's a special talent, I think. Hey, and I think he's going to have his hand his um it's going to be cut out for him. He's obviously got um he's obviously got a drummy down there, and I think they're going to sign an older nine who I won't announce who could be there who could be there. But um yeah, I think he's got great traits, man. He's got all the the package that you want on a nine. Um, he's a big solid ball carrier, great runner when it comes to sniffing out around that hard defense. And I think his experience being in um, Tasman as well under Andrew Goodwin for the first year, and then being able to come out and play. Um, for the Tasman Marco this year. Um, it's just taking his game to another level. And I think even when he does go out to the Crusaders, he'll be able to understand what that environment's like. And I think it's going to bring the best out of him. All, from all accounts, from what I've heard from him, he's a great trainer um, and is very attention to detail to when it comes to his craft. So he's going to fit in really, really nicely at the Crusaders because those traits there are pretty valued. But um, now really looking forward to seeing his progress and what he can do it down at the Crusaders. Rita, how beneficial... Some, um, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, how beneficial was his time um, that you guys um, gave him the opportunity to spend some time with the Highlanders. I know, again, COVID impacted, but, you know, Fakatava and Smith, two different players, and he probably has the ability to play both styles, doesn't he? Yeah, look, he's, as, as Bryn was saying, like he's a big, strong uh, halfback. He's, you know, he's got a great eye for a, for a gap and, and, you know, those tiring defences around the edge, like he'll keep them honest and that'll free up opportunities for people outside him. I, you know, he's still got a bit of work to do around his, his core skills and, and things, but, you know, that'll come with time in the saddle. Um, and he's shown, you know, NPC level, like, you know, he's, he's claimed a starting spot for, for Tasman, which wouldn't have been easy with, with the, the people that they have underneath him and, and played really well. So, um, no, he's, he's he's a bit of a hybrid, like, you know, great, good defender, strong man, but um, also, you know, he's, he's good when you want to speed the game up and play some tempo football as well. So, you know, he'll be, um, he's a great recruit for the Crusaders. Before we move on to Macca Springer, Bryn, I'm looking forward to hearing what this little piece of information is about this older halfback. <laughs> Goodness me. What's going on there? It's obviously not Bryn, because look how young he looks. He has a oh, cool yeah. Space, but, yeah. Um, maybe experienced, well, could, maybe experienced be, halfback. It could, be a, it could be a wily experienced uh, player coming up, being announced, but um, we'll, we'll wait for I don't think that's hard to decipher there, Bryn. <laughs> 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 right, yeah. Macca Springer. Uh, tell us a little bit about Macca Springer, Matt. So, yeah, he's um, he's been in the system a while, but still really young. So, again, he's another he's another young man that will be eligible to play under-20s this, uh, this coming year. So, 
um, possibly have a World Cup under his belt, but a lot of footy to go under the bridge for him too with, um, you know, if he gets super opportunities too. So he's, um, you know, again, big, tall uh, guy. Real, um, you know, I think he's, uh, he'd be close to 6'1 or 6'2, but he's 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 uh, he's got some genuine pace for, for a big man and, um, you know, I think he, you know, he plays can play centre outside, reasonably versatile. Um, but you know, be good, good recruit again um, if he gets some game time. So um, he's he's finished well for the for Tasman. I think um, you know he's he's pulled tries out when you know you think <laughs> think that the the things are shutting down, but he managed to get the ball over the line. And yeah, he's um, yeah good all round footballer and yeah, good good value. He he actually reminds me a lot of. Um of Will Jordan when he came in to the environment as a young, as a young man. Um, his ability, like you talked about, Rada, his ability to, to snuff out a try when it seems like you're not going to be able to, uh, to to get a try. And his speed, he's got out-and-out out speed. I remember last year he played a um, he played a trial game down in Queenstown and scored an 80-metre try. And to be honest, didn't know much about him at the time, but came down and um, obviously played a couple of preseason games and lit up at that competition in that preseason. He's pretty rangy, eh? He sort of doesn't look like he's going quick, but because he's got such long levers, he's he's covering a huge <laughs> amount of ground every time he takes a step. So, um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's pacey, all right? The next two guys on our list are already in the All Blacks 15. It's incredible. So, you know, straight, <laughs> um, straight out of the development team into the All Blacks 15, and then we'll take a step back into the Crusaders. Yeah. Um, so um, one of them, uh, loose forward Dom Gardner, uh, a, the son of one of your old teammates. Yeah, so he, yeah, he's um, made a bit of a meteoric rise too, but um, well justified. He's here, thought he had a great, um, great NPC. Um, plays lock and, and loose forward, probably more suited to that sixth position. I think they've probably taken him as a bit of a hybrid that's going to be able to cover both. And you know, mentioned that the squads are 23. He'll be able to do a job um, off the bench for, for either or, or claim a starting spot for things. You know, a bit of a freaky skill set. You know, he's a, he used to be an awesome cricketer as well. And, and um, you know, having those sorts of skills um, eerily are pretty pretty important um so yeah he's um out of some beads and um again you know he's learning his craft around line outs and stuff but you know he can he gets up in the air and seems to put good spots and puts real pressure on other opposition set pieces so it's, yeah he's a he's a good recruit and one for the future for um for, for new zealand rugby what I love about him most is his work rate. Like, it's just the unseen. If, if, if you're not watching it from an analytical point of view, you might not always catch it. But any sort of charge down, he's first to just sprint off the line and put kick pressure on to change the angle and or get a charge down. Um, if there's a breakdown that potentially his teammates missed, he's busting his gut to go cover it. There's just time and time and time again this season for um, Canterbury, he was just prepared to do the unseen um, unrewarded work, which uh, it just impressed the life out of me because you know that just shows he's going to be a great teammate. But um, you know he, he's a, he's a great um, player to this is the sort of glue to bring it all together to allow guys um, around him to shine as well and more of the highlights package. Mm. Just makes good reads, doesn't he? Yeah. Around stuff and just a natural footballer and sees stuff happening before it does, and and that uh, goes a long way in the game. So yeah. Hey, we've got a couple of people who are pretty qualified to talk about this next bloke, George Bell. 
uh, All Blacks 15 hooker, um, Canterbury Crusaders guy. He's had a bit of time in Super Rugby, a little bit already. Um, what do you like about <coughs> him, Matt? Well, he's, you know, we talked about having pop. Like, he's got pop. Um, you know, you know if, you, if you want him to go through the middle, he can do that. But on the edge, too, he's, he's, um, he's incredibly quick for a, for a front rower. And um, I think he surprises defences. He's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got some genuine ball-carrying ability. His, um, he's learning his, his craft around his set piece. I think his scrummaging's come on leaps and bounds under under um, Jason Ryan here at the Crusaders and, and obviously the other coaches he's had at NPC. He was our captain for under-20s this year. Really good professional habits and, um, you know, led the team well. So he's got some, um, he's got some, some, some nice balance and, and uh, on and off field. And I think he's, he's one destined for the future. I think, unfortunately, he's uh, he got a bit of an injury on the weekend. So I'm not sure where that's going to stack up for him from, um, from a, being able to travel with the team, but um, yeah, he's, you know, I think this, all black selectors have looked at him and said he's he's one that um, is worth investing in. So yeah, um, good central Otago young man too. So he's uh, from farming stock and does has, has done the mahi down there too. So probably uh, probably been chucked into a few situations where he's got to be um, self sufficient and, and look after things. So he's um, yeah, he's good good young man. No, no. Oh, I think he's recovered well. I just think the one important thing that he does well for a hooker is he throws well. Um, you know, he's very accurate with, with his line-out work, and, and I think that's the first thing you need to tick um, to, to get to, um, you know, especially in the Crusaders, you know, to get above Cody. And I also think he's brought the best out of Brody McAllister. Um, you know, Brody's performance at the back end, um, you know, George started the season really well with some big minutes, but... Um, man, I, I thought Brody was massive um, you know, throughout those last few rounds. Let's talk about Otago. The guy we've got down here, Fabian Holland, who's now into the Highlanders, he is one of the latest in an interesting trend of Europeans coming to New Zealand football from New Zealand rugby from countries that you just wouldn't imagine to be rugby countries. Out of the Netherlands, Fabian Holland, how do you go about <laughs> developing a guy who just comes kind of out of nowhere from a place you just wouldn't ever look? Well, he, he, it was interesting. His uh, goal from an early age was to come out to New Zealand and, and develop his rugby and be an All Black. So where you get that from if you're living in the Netherlands is, is, is a pretty interesting piece. But, um, yeah, came out and, and uh, went to Christchurch Boys High School. I think he came out in year 11 or 12. Uh, got used to, to a bit of New Zealand rugby and, and is really... Uh, worked so hard. He's such a diligent uh, young man, and and um, you know any anything he can do, you know, to to get better, he'll he'll do it. So um, and and it's shown really in his performances this year. Certainly in MPC for twenties, and um, and um, yeah, he's had a couple of couple of opportunities off the bench for Super as well. He's he's been fantastic, and um, you know you can't coach tall either. Like he's a genuine. <laughs> Well over two meter, Peter. Um, so he's, uh, you know, he's got the height and the build to to really kick on. And if he keeps developing like he is, he's, you know, he's destined for big, big things. So really exciting for uh, New Zealand rugby and and especially so for the Highlanders. Yeah, and I think the big thing is he's got so much more growing to do. Like he's a big man now, but you think 
another couple of years, what you know, his dream of playing for the All Blacks is a genuine reality because he is he's he's a big man now, but he's only going to thicken up, and that's that's going to hold him in good stead at that international level. So, exciting talent, yeah. and, and we're very fortunate that um, he chose to come here because I think he's got a bright future. And I think with Manaki, yeah, well, so rookie league is Sorry, Red. I think with Manaki, um, Selby Rickett leaving as well, I think it's a great. Uh, it's going to be great for him. And I think, you know, as a young man, he's got a lot. He's going to be able to fill out. But I think, you know, with obviously the programs that the SNC staff will be able to give him and the more time that he'll be able to spend in the environment. But, you know, with Manaki going, I think, you know, it brings in a real reality of him being able to play on some meaningful minutes coming this year. Because he's got great talent, great, uh, um, great genes. Can't wait to see how he fills out. You'd love to be a hooker if you've got Putty Putty oh, yeah. Parkinson down there too. So you you got the twin towers to throw to. You just pop it into the middle and someone will get it. It's a, it would be a nightmare for defend, uh, attacking teams when they're defending. I remember when I was having to throw over Putty yeah. Putty a couple of games and you almost got to throw it to the sky. Yeah, yeah the roof that tall. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, well, I think we've run out of time, so it's time for us to hit the road. Um, but, Matt, thanks so much for joining us, for talking about these... Super Rugby squads are being announced tomorrow and uh, we look forward to seeing what the entire setup will be. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers, Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again to Bryn and also to you, Jipper, and we'll catch you all next week again on the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Matewa. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com